everybody. Welcome back to the Playing With Power podcast, the issue-by-issue retrospective about Nintendo Power Magazine. You tuned in for issue... I don't see the number. 65, thank you. (laughs) From uh, October of 1994. The cover has Illusion of Gaia on it. I am your host, Ben, and with me as always is my co-host, Mike. Hello. And John. Yo. And we have a special guest with us. We have... Kyle Clark with us. Welcome, Kyle. Well, howdy. How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. <laughs> Swinging. All right. So <laughs> I just super. liked the, that it was like this setup of like, look, look, man, we got a profe- pretty professional setup and then like stumbled on each part of the intro. <laughs> so I was like, well done, sir. Well done. Ben's You're welcome. Like, Ben's like smooth welcome. lack of preparation. <laughs> Oh, sorry. We, 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 I was, I was oh literally taking it back like, oh shit, these guys are like pros. Like, I gotta get my shit together. <laughs> you make a lot of we assumptions. Them, guys. You make a lot of we assumptions them. just because we've been around for a year. <sighs> it's, it's more just we've done 65 of these stupid things. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I kind of had to jog the old memory from what I did last, two weeks ago. In my, in my defense, I wasn't on last week, so I've had a, a week break. I was a bit on, uh, I've yes. been on vacation. You know, it's been a little dusty up there. Had to knock out the cobwebs. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they say that's how long it takes for the skills to atrophy. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think so. I, I did warn you to listen to an episode or two to make sure you know what you're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had someone, like, wow. hack my Skype account, like, right before this aired. So I was, like, dealing with that. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you had to chase your kids around Disneyland. like <laughs> SeaWorld. So. Oh, it was SeaWorld. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. Is that still yeah, open? I thought bit. like the animal rights people have would, would have shut that down already. Or are they still trying? No, they didn't shut it down. They changed the SeaWorld changed the uh, orca shows. They don't do the traditional show anymore where they're like standing on the nose of the thing while it's riding around, you know. They do they're trying to focus more on like conservation. So mm. the show changed. Yeah. So they They also replaced all the sea lions with dogs with fins <laughs> taped to their backs. <laughs> They basically they are. They thought it was easier and cheaper. <laughs> they bas- Have you seen them? They're like dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Don't even get us started on the dolphins. I mean, those those oh, bastards those, get what they get everything they. They're the Bill Cosby of the sea. They've earned the every. Bill Cosby. every... <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, have you ever driven to Tucson, Ben? Uh, yes, unfortunately. <laughs> so you, you know, near, when you get near, near Picacho, there's that. Rooster Cogburn's petting zoo off the side of the road. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. They named so, they named a petting zoo after True Grit. Yeah. So Jesus. does he say you like feel like, like does it does they have do they have a sign no, by the hayseed saying fill your hands just, you son of a bitch? Just shut up. All right. Anyway. <laughs> but you know you feed um like donkeys and goats and prairie dogs and stuff, but they added um like uh, where you could feed these like um, stingrays. Oh yeah, and I was like totally gonna like punch one for Steve Irwin. <laughs> Get it with a bob. <laughs> Throw a Steve on the bobby, eh? Yeah. All right. Anyway, poor Bindi. Wait, didn't she win like Dancing with the Stars or something? Shit, is she that old now? Well, she was like yeah, she was twenty now. Or? Yeah, yeah. Bindi like won Dancing with the Stars. I'm pretty mm. sure. Crikey. Anyway. Christ. Is Bindi his daughter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, like the little one from the old. Bindi show. Irwin. She had her own. Does I know she have, had her own sh- the kids show. Having your like famous dad be murdered by nature makes you a star. <laughs> well, it worked for Paris Hilton. I guess. <laughs> she was already on the sh- on the show 
while he was and still I don't alive. Think nature killed her father. <laughs> it's like it's I feel like I remembered if like goats stomped the Hilton hotel chain guy to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's a better reason for like for fame than the Kardashians. So I mean, I mean, fair. No one's no one's arguing that. It's more it's the term star, not famous. <laughs> star. Oh well, yeah. If it were if it were or were dancing with famous people, that show would make a lot more sense. <laughs> Well, yeah. Tune like, in next week. Tune in next week where we do the tango with the Catch Me Outside girl. <laughs> I mean, that will happen. Bindi Irwin is more of a star than half the people in that show. That is true. Yeah, that that, that girl works for her fame. Yeah. Dancing with D-list celebrities just doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> Dancing with yeah. the D-list. <laughs> Dancing with the extra from that one episode of NCIS. <laughs> well, wait. So does the Crocodile Hunter lady like have a show? Uh, she mm? did. I know she had one for kids when she was little. I don't know about now. Oh, okay. See, I assumed she went into hiding. Like, I didn't realize she had stayed prominent. I was under the impression that, like, nature was like, we're coming for you next. And her name was now, like, Carla Rodriguez or something. <laughs> she spent 10 years training in secret for her di- for her one chance to return for revenge. She, like, oh, yeah. No, she, she heads out definitely to in the blood moon to punch the rays. <laughs> almost definitely. She definitely, like, like walks, like, the shores of the ocean with a shotgun, just, like, cursing drunkenly <laughs> at the ocean. She's got a katana. Her movies kill Ray. No, nope. she didn't go the path of uh, Jake Lloyd. I would have loved to see the staff of, like, that show the week after that happened. Like, all right, who had Stingray in the death pool? Like, because that guy cleaned oh. up. Wait, wait, back up. What did Jake Lloyd do? <laughs> Jake Lloyd. I'm, he was the kid that was played uh, oh, young no, I, Anakin. I'm very familiar with young wizards Anakin Skywalker, but you implied it like like he like took to a bell tower and gunned people down. What happened to him? Is Basically, he okay? the kid went off the deep end. He got he went to jail for some shit. Wait, what kind of but jail for some? We've all been to jail for some shit. Like what kind of shit? No, oh, now I gotta make me look it up here. You you can't say like, hey man, have you ever driven to Tucson and then pretend like you don't have a record? He starts, he start, he starts fist fights outside of conventions where people are dressed up as him. Okay, oh. see that's that's. Oh, not here as we weird. go. Here we go. June seventeenth, Lloyd was arrested for reckless driving, driving without a license, and resisting arrest. I should be allowed to do that. <laughs> that's not on him. That's on them. Uh, oh, B- so, yeah, she had a show called Bindi the Jungle Girl, and Bindi's Boot Camp followed in 2012. She's got music she, careers. Yeah. She's got music albums. Bindi, I'm going to be honest. Bindi the Jungle Girl kids. sounds like a pornography. <laughs> or at least a black exploitation film. Three? I feel like we've also learned a lot about your pornography tastes. <laughs> Uh, oh, Ben's more Ben's more men in black men, by the way. So but. <laughs> what? And we got to the racist point. There it is. It was. A, we hit it nine minutes in, and someone is listening. Is going like, I keep checking my phone. It says it's a Nintendo podcast. I know. They've not even said the word Nintendo. <laughs> no, right. I said the beginning. I said the top. Okay. All fair. Right. Very fair. Well done. At some point, we will get get to the magazine. It's an eventual Nintendo podcast. So, Kyle, where do people know you? From? Uh, I, my name's Kyle Clark. I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, I have an album called "I'm a Person" that is on uh, Spotify and iTunes and Title and Amazon and Apple Music and all those places. Uh, I have a podcast called "This Is Rad," where we talk about stuff we think is rad. Uh, I, I am, uh, have in the past been the the you know guest co-host for the Nerdist podcast, and also the annoying laugh guy on the Nerdist podcast. <laughs> uh, and uh, in general, I, I'm a guy who gets around. I, I tour around. You know, I might pop up in your town, and you hear about it a week later, and go, "Oh, I wish he was better at advertising." And I'll be like, "Hey, man, sorry, I just wasn't thinking about it." <laughs> I'll tell you who gets around. 
Mike's mom gets around. Uh, <laughs> it started with John and now it's Ben. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. It's, it's fun because I just have like your guys' Skype pictures, but then like John also doesn't have one, so it just looks like the one the smiley face is picking on the uncomfortable looking face. <laughs> Wait a second, I look uncomfortable. And then and and then occasionally JI just sort of like laughs, but it's just like the glowing circle, so he's just like a sentient computer. Am I showing too far behind the curtain? Sorry, Dave, I'm afraid I can't cut that out. <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right. So wait, hold on. You said annoying laugh at some point, or annoying yes. laugh? Can you yes, do that on command? Me. No, it's it's just my actual laugh. Oh, okay. It's, uh, I'd be a real sociopath if all that time on Nerdist I was doing like a fake laugh for uh, <laughs> to get people to go like, well, if they think my laugh's annoying, that's my ticket to fame. I'm gonna be that guy <laughs> like Seth Rogen. Two two questions. One, if you're on title, do you have an in with like Jay Z? Uh, as it turns out, yes. <laughs> awesome. And two, what's uh, Chris Hardwick really like? Uh, I mean, I mean, I feel like obviously my ties to title, you know, clearly have to come from somewhere. And we all know, you know, <laughs> you know that, that Beyonce and Chris Hardwick have red phones like uh, Russia and America used to have, and mm. they decide where pop culture is going to go. So you're contra- contractually obligated to say he's a great guy, in other words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He still, still signs my checks. <laughs> Very good. I'm Good to uh, hear. You do voice you know, it, yeah. cha- it changed from, from Nerdist to AMC, but at the same time, I still know where my butter is breaded. <laughs> he, he really does see like a really good guy. Butter. I, butter is breaded. I think doesn't make sense. Mm. But now I'm thinking about like just rolling a stick of butter in panko, mm. and that seems like a cool idea. Now we're learning about your pornography choices. <laughs> it's true, and then a lady sits on it. Uh, Have you guys ever seen cake farts? It's, it's not butter no. farts. Uh, uh, no. Oh, oh! Have I seen cake farts, friend? Uh. Um. He, he did the oh, he did the foley work for cake farts. Uh, you know, you never work a day in your life when you have a job you love. At least it wasn't a key grip. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, uh, I bet that was a fun set. I bet they, I feel like you have a lot of laughs when you're working on the cake fart set. What do you think the smell was like in that room? You have a lot of great, I mean, you have a lot of great cake. I mean, there's, there's that, so. Yeah, and I imagine, like, I imagine most of the windows are open. Like, you know, they've got fans. Like, they're not... I don't imagine they're locking the crew in like a farty room. I don't think that that's part of the fantasy. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not Korea where they're like all afraid of the fans. And yeah, stuff. and that's what? not even for porn. That's just for factory. Yeah, work. you never heard what? of fan death? What? what is Koreans have like a have, a have a have an irrational fear of like fans coming off in the middle of the night and killing them? So like all of the fans in Korea have like a shut off switch. <laughs> after like two hours so it will kill you while you're asleep no 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 see Korea this, you have to understand this the fans are properly fastened it's your leader that has a screw loose that is good satire oh goodness alright should All we get right, to the yeah. issue at hand what do we have yeah what do we have okay let's talk about games at some point yeah. All right, yeah. Nintendo Power, here we go. Yeah. Illusion of Gaia intrigue fantasy and a doomsday comet and yep, there uh, we go. yeah, we've got uh, a dude that kind of looks like uh, what Conan the Barbarian with a black mullet. He's got kind of a, a ghouls and ghosts kind of feel too. Yeah, and he's got a like, a, like yeah, a little bit of clock shadow, like a Maximo kind of feel. Yeah, just a I can bit see of that. Like Kit, Kit Harrington and Russell Crowe had a baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
More like I a. Mean, I feel like without seeing his face, mm. like he could be a butter warrior. No, no, no. This is definitely John Hamm. All no, the way. that is good. Good call. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So he's facing away from us. We can't see his face, unfortunately. And then they talk about Super Punch Out, eight page knockout. Right. Yep. yep and he's what, facing like, what going on? There's like, yeah, he's got a pyramid behind, like in the, in the I, background. I I will. I have to give this credit because because uh, uh, I I have talked to uh, to Mike about this. But that uh, I have a real complicated relationship with Nintendo Power, so this was interesting Whoa. going through it. How Ooh, so? tell us about your pets. <clears throat> oh, because I mean, I we were I had I think at my height five video game magazine subscriptions coming in once a month. <laughs> oh, like yeah. I was GamePro, EGM, PlayStation magazine. I'm trying to think what the other two were. GamePro was Gen definitely in there, and then something else. But I remember my brother briefly got Nintendo Power. And I was always a little dubious of Nintendo Power because it always felt like it was on the take. <laughs> like, and that's why yeah. this issue is very interesting because I feel like maybe in the N64 days and beyond, they got a little more corrupt as a magazine because this still feels pretty viable. I've got some real, they started real big thoughts in here. It with a lot of ads. I, I remember the moment that yeah. I knew that I would never pick up another issue of this trash rag was when they gave Resident <laughs> Evil 2 for the N64 like a 6 out of 10. <laughs> saying that it was probably too violent and you should tell your parents that you shouldn't play it and thing like oh this wow. is a magazine for, for for shitty kids and <laughs> who, who only play Nintendo branded things because yeah. there's no world where I find Banjo-Kazooie a more exciting game than a game where I'm blowing zombies heads off with a shotgun <laughs> well we, we, we have an interview in the past that we may or might not be able to publish that we can't really discuss too much but we did talk with someone that was on the higher end of this. And what you're getting at is that I'm completely right. <laughs> well, no, actually, there was... Nintendo didn't dictate much on, like, what had to mm -hmm. be scored and things like that. <clears throat> Interesting. So. But it definitely always felt like it's a, you could play this third-party game, but why would you when there's so many fine Nintendo products to buy? <laughs> like, like Paper like, Mario. Like, well, that is yeah. kind of true. Like, it's always been true with Nintendo that the first-party stuff really did shine more than anything. Which is why this cover's fascinating with, like, Illusions of Gaia, the fact that they've got, like, an Enix game on the cover. You're like, oh, my God, this is a Nintendo that's, like, much more comfortable with itself. Yeah, this was, well, not this just, was during it. Not Nintendo. just that. They were selling Illusion of Gaia swag, too, in the uh, Power Supplies yeah. catalog. Oh, that's impressive. They didn't, and they didn't, but they didn't have a, a Nintendo game every month. Yeah, so they, like they, they, they didn't. I mean, they didn't have. <laughs> they had to fill it in. Allowed to think for themselves at least during the uh, the Prime era. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess we we, know, we usually ask guests, uh, Kyle, like, did you you grew up with a Nintendo? And a I actually not. My first system I owned was the Nintendo sixty four. My folks were not okay. super like like into the kids with video games thing so i would have to like okay. sneak away my grandparents had a nintendo and then everybody mm -hmm. else that i knew had a genesis so the super nintendo has actually pretty consistently been kind of a blind spot for me uh, like when i got into <laughs> emulators and stuff i i played some of the essentials and kind of worked through stuff and developed an appreciation okay. for it but it's probably a system that i enjoy and like like when i saw the you know the 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 mini classic one coming out i was like oh cool mm -hmm. i'm way down for this but like my girlfriend had a super nintendo and really the more we okay. talk about it the more i'm like oh man i truly truly missed a lot of that era 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the art style still stands up on a lot of these. Yeah. Well, I I still think that 16-bit stuff truly is probably some of the most timeless gameplay because it's it's a little more together than the 8-bit stuff. It it always drives me a little crazy because I feel like people say they love 8-bit stuff, and what they actually mean is they love 16-bit stuff. Right. But 8-bit is what the T-shirt said. They love the 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 what is it the Zelda and the you know Chrono Trigger and all that. I mean like yeah, and games. and there's a lot of games that like like Chrono Trigger I adore, but like for me it's a it's a DS game in my head because that's where I played it. Well, it worked. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> all right, so yeah, that covers the cover. Okay, fifteen minutes in. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I, I can inside. do another hour on page two and three. <laughs> okay, let's move on go. to uh, the poor man, uh, working man's Fred Durst on the inside cover here. Fred, <laughs> Fred, Fred, his his lesser known brother, Fred, Fred Durst. Durst. To me, it looks like he's going like like you like this. Yeah, this is what plays bass in the Deftones. <laughs> <laughs> So we have a gentleman here wearing a flannel long sleeve shirt with a black ball cap on, sitting backwards in a wicker so, chair. So cool. With a tongue uh, stud in and a I chin think it's stud. Just a tongue in. stud that's no, not. that's that's it's the a, bottom a, ball of the ch- of the tongue stud. Oh, okay. It's like, it's like horseshoe. We, we like settled things. this debate yeah, last well, issue when we first got to meet him, and there's been a change. I, I noticed see. before in the last issue, he the uh, there was an Animaniacs logo on the cap. On his hat? Yeah. On his... They pulled it off. They nice. first... When they realized they're double branding. Well, they, like, shopped it out somehow. Yeah. I love it because he... Like, with that Animaniacs logo, he was just showing the future of what kids real into Animaniacs would look like by the early 2000s. <laughs> by the time the show comes back, this is what all their fans are going to look but, like. But, uh, the whole ad for the super the Nintendo Power Super Power Club is fascinating because the fact that they're comparing it <laughs> to getting a body piercing... Like and how yeah. parents would be way more stoked for them to be part of like a video game tip club <laughs> instead of getting a mm-hmm. tongue piercing seems like a very like false dichotomy if we're talking in public speaking terms. <laughs> it's like tell yeah. your parents you need to try heroin or video exactly games, which they pick. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, jamming a needle through your tongue. Feels so good, and it's definitely nowhere near as fun as punching holes in the competition. <laughs> My parents like go, go chase the dragon. And uh, and like sure, but like you know. Maybe you're way more like maybe you're not super competitive, but you also have trouble feeling feelings. So maybe pain is the only way, only thing you know, but you don't enjoy defeating others. So I mean, this ad makes a lot of presumptions. It's the only way you can reach catharsis. Exactly. I don't know why it's I don't know why it's mutually exclusive. Like you can't do both. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I like that, that. That like, but I think that again falls into my little like conspiracy theories about like Nintendo powers that they don't want those kinds reading their magazines. <laughs> No, I hear you. I mean, I, I think at a certain point, I mean, I checked out at Nintendo Power, gosh, around 96, 97, just because of the same kind of thing. It's like, well, you guys aren't covering like every single every single game for one. And two, like it's all this bullshit in here about games that aren't very good, you know? Yeah. You're going to push. Uh, Twist needed that big what push. What was it? Episode one, Pod Racer is a cover game. Oh, it's the best game oh, ever. That game, was, that game was pretty tight. That game no. actually was kind of fun. <laughs> Uh, I will say, of course, the best part of this ad is that Canadian residents have to pay twenty five bucks while the rest of us pay eighteen. I mean, I guess for me, the thing was like Nintendo didn't grow up with me. You know, they kind of stayed for kids. Yeah. Whereas, like, you think about the time uh, GTA three had just come out, and I'm like, well, I'm playing that now, and not (laughs) Nintendo. And was it? (laughs) Um, 
Hello, Sony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's exactly. This uh, ad does remind me of a thing that because I think we're all about the same age here. Mm-hmm. Were you guys big comic book readers in the mid nineties? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the Lee's jeans ad, or the, <laughs> I think it was Levi's jeans ad, where it was match the guitar to the person and then match like the pizza to the person, <laughs> and it was like super skinny jeans regular jeans and then fucking huge saggy <laughs> fake jenko style yeah, like jeans. Jenko, yeah, right. and and it was like a double guitar like a v-neck guitar and like a stratocaster mm. or something like that and then it was like a disgusting deep dish chicago pizza <laughs> a like normal pizza and then like a school pizza and i just remember thinking like man i feel like they really want me to think the guy in giant jeans with a shitty guitar and gross pizza is the cool guy to be yeah. i feel like they're really missing the mark on this if they did that game with me, all the pizza would go to me. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's like, there's something to me that's really nice about like Gen X based advertising because like corporate America didn't quite get it yet, no. but they were starting to. So it lifts you a little higher before falling off and failing. <laughs> you know those '90s ads are just being like, this is where obviously the kids that were market that that took marketing in the '80s real didn't realize how far off the mark they were like an entire generation we, does make a difference we didn't hit the sweet spot of like the surge advertising where they're like surge sodas plans in your face like you know. <laughs> did uh did you guys read the console wars the book uh it's on my list it's fantastic i cannot recommend it enough like if if you're the kind of guys who would start a nintendo power mm-hmm. podcast uh i it's it's the, the way they explore, like, the marketing mm-hmm. and the way that, like, marketing and, like, the way imagery for video game advertising changed from, like, the mid-80s to the mid-90s mm. is so interesting because you're watching the stuff that, like, made up our visions of, like, what was cool and what wasn't mm-hmm. cool. And, like, just seeing the people behind that pulling the curtains and playing with it is really a fascinating thing that I don't think you t- often get to see mm-hmm. on with, like, that kind of granular detail. I'm going to add it to my Amazon list. Yeah, I, I haven't read the book yet, but I did watch, like, a 40-minute... Uh, the the author was giving, like, a, a, a show-and-tell kind of at a convention. Oh, nice. So uh, I, uh, I highly recommend the book on tape, by the way, is the probably the way to do it. Because it's, it's a businessy-ass business book at points. But then there's a couple parts where you just go, like, oh, shit. Like, they... Uh, because, like, they cover in this. Donkey Kong Country comes in, mm-hmm. and when they show it to the head of Nintendo, he's like, are all the N64 games going to look this good? And they're like, man, that's a Super Nintendo game. And you're just like, oh, fuck! Yeah. Like, the N64, yeah. Super Nintendo's pulling it out! The N64's going to look great. Why does everything look like it's made with Doritos? <laughs> oh, man. Because they're delicious, and that's just good engineering. N64 and the PlayStation 1 was, like, the awkward puberty of of, yeah, of, he, of game consoles, you guys both missed out because uh, last last issue they had a whole like technical thing about like the advancement of like what the development of Donkey Kong mm. Country was. It was really really interesting. Oh, and so, and speaking of being on the take, Kyle, you missed a couple. Of, you missed a couple of well, if you listen, just you know, just if you're bored. <laughs> it's it's rare that I get shamed this quickly into a podcast I'm on for not listening to the back catalog. It's only, it's only 64 issues that's something of, I've a, gotta, of a, of a <laughs> That's something I've got to start doing more. It's like, oh, well, no. if you had listened, we had done a fun thing. That's just Mike about everything. He'll shame, he'll shame me for everything and for John, too. <laughs> it's my yeah. milieu. It's just a thing. Yeah. 
Anyway, so speaking of Donkey Kong Country, talked, the next page. Oh my gosh, I was trying. I was making a point. <laughs> there was a point after the shaming. Oh, like the top of your head. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, talked, it usually isn't. So we were uh, a few issues earlier. They were discussing how great the N sixty four is going to be, and they were talking about uh, when they were first going with the Sony with the uh, with the Nintendo PlayStation. They were talking about how great you can make with CDs and like all the video you can store on it and stuff like that. And then without like saying that they screwed Sony, basically began creating their worst enemy. They were talking about how the N64, they went in a different direction. And so, you know how Sega's working on that CD thing? Well, here's why not working with CDs is going to be great, because we got less load times. Such a complete one. Right. Interesting. <laughs> Anyways. So, onward and upward. All right. Yep. They have an advertisement next for Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> They're saying ex- exposed with like a big stamp uh, font. Uh, jungle fever? <laughs> with Donkey Kong <laughs> hiding behind some leaves. Uh, so apparently we get to see him naked. Mm-hmm. And it says, warning in October, all Super Power Club members will ex- be exposed to jungle fever. <laughs> That's so like quasi-racist. I love it. Oh. To be fair, you don't you want to get exposed to small amounts of jungle fever so that you'll build up a tolerance. <laughs> yeah, you just you like bring your kids over so that they they get a small dose of it. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sure. There's a lot of people who say that like you don't want to get exposed to like small amounts of jungle fever because mm. you might get autism. But like, it's, there's the science is shaking. Yes. <laughs> you know, if right. you're not careful, you get home and your kids are watching Dolomite. Like, <laughs> so. Man, you are just taking it to this knife situation. <laughs> racist no. Dolomite is not that bad. It's when you get oh, to Petey Wheat Straw is, is when you really start wait, the tipping point. Wait, I love that, that your con- I love that your thought was that my concern was that the movie they're watching, the black exploitation film, is not a very good one. And not that the no. term jungle fever a, no, leads no, no. to I'm them watching Dolomite black exploitation films. is actually not that films. racist. I'm saying there's much more racist ones, and I named uh, a specific sure, one. Sure, well, like, but I love that that was the concern. Like, ah, oh, they're watching a really racist movie. No. Like what, what? Like Blackula? I mean, oh, I love that movie. What? Hey, I will not be on a podcast that besmirches good Blackula's name. <laughs> oh my no, God. Petey Wheatstraw, the devil's son-in-law. That's not one of the clip I sent mm. you, John. Mm. I'm just, I'm just Anyways, glad you didn't H4. mention BET. No. Keep and it says keep checking your Guys, mailbox. You like, know what'll probably pull us out of a racial quagmire is page five. <laughs> yeah, keep checking your mailbox, like like that movie, the like the lake house. Basically, keep checking your mailbox. All right. Did I tell you I used to work with a guy that was a former executive at BET? Oh my gosh. Okay. He, he obviously didn't do a very good job because he was my manager at a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> His name, I think his name was Andre, and uh, we had this really small blockbuster, and people would come in pissed off for a reason, and they'd be like, can I talk to the manager? And he would literally like stand there and go, sure, I'll get him for one, one second. And he'd just walk around, he'd just turn around in a circle, <laughs> and he'd go, hello, what can I do that's for a, you? That's a pretty dope movie. <laughs> I'm like blowing sun on my nose All just right. laughing. <laughs> so let's see, what do we have? We have Table of Contents, uh, Super Punch-Out, Final Fantasy III, Maximum Carnage, Spider-Man and Venom, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Pac-Man 2, Illusion of Gaia, Brain Lord, all for the Super Nintendo, and three games for the GameCube, or GameCube, <laughs> Game, Game Boy, mm. Mega Man uh, 5, Pros Combat here. 2, and Yogi's Gold Rush, as well as a special feature on, on, on a game. Cruising, yeah. Oh, hold on. I'm supposed to have <laughs> he the had thing it here. Fucking cute. I all thought right. it was made for this section. All right. Well, it's all right. Cruising USA. Cruising. 
Aren't you glad <laughs> you waited well, for that? Damn it, I love that game. <laughs> as well as a preview of Donkey Kong Country, which we will review next month. So, huzzah! <laughs> All right, uh, and then in uh, our everybody's favorite Dick Nose drawer, we have um, the Game Boy Kid he- is heading a soccer ball uh, mid mid game on his Game Boy. Uh, I don't know how else to describe. Anything else to say about that, Mike or Ben? Nope. Or? He has an anime sweat bubble. <laughs> yeah. Or a tear. Oh, yeah, that's probably what it is. Mm. <laughs> that makes more sense. Okay. He's kind of like, this is the best I'll ever be. This is the peak of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Next pages, we have the player's pulse, which is the mailbox. And it's, what is those? Glazed can I, tiles? Can I, hmm? can I throw something out yeah. for, for, the, for yeah. the player's box? Because this was... this captured me and and it's weird because then it becomes a running theme throughout the magazine Mm. right is like you really forget how much nintendo had to just deal with mortal Kombat being successful (laughs) (laughs) like they clearly just hate it with all their heart like like just just they are are so pissed that they constantly have to bring it up and every like like i'm amazed they keep publishing all these letters like, because there's two separate ones about, like, man, Mortal Kombat 2 is so great. And then they keep referencing it later in a way that makes the magazine sound like it's a cop. <laughs> well, they always, like, they always try to pump, like, like please, Killer Instinct, be good, so this dies. Like, as, as you can come tell. on, Street Fighter. Right. Make, can, we have a, can we have a fifth Street Fighter 2? <laughs> and it's just oh. so funny because they're just, like, because like, you just forget now that, like, Mortal Kombat 2 was just like an atom bomb on video games mm-hmm. to the point where like even like you know Nintendo powered like yeah I know like the game with the spine ripping out but <laughs> here's a fun picture of Kirby <laughs> <laughs> I bet you they 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 made Killer Instinct just like gritting their teeth like this is what the market wants we need to do this <laughs> you know speaking of sucking everything in sight how's your mom like <sighs> All right, let's hear from Dick Burney from Omaha, Nebraska, who say, writes in and says, I would like to mention my concerns about what is to happen to Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> you, you guys probably do, want, do not want to admit it, but you know that there were a lot of fans of the first Mortal Kombat that were extremely upset with the Super NES version. While in the meantime, Genesis owners got exactly what they wanted. It is already guessed by most Mortal Kombat fans that Nintendo will do everything in its power to guarantee that the Super NES Mortal Kombat 2 will end up like its predecessor, (laughs) a wimpy shadow of the arcade version. I hope this time Nintendo, along with its magazines, gives the fan of this game a chance to voice their feelings and also give us what we want. And then they respond saying, "Shots fired." You are not alone in your feelings, Richard. By the Many. way, are we gonna pause here? Like, Dick Bernie? Like, seriously? Did his parents like punch him in the face? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, that's that's a terrible uh, name. All right, okay, all right, all right. Sorry. L- Lisa's last name was a Burns <laughs> or Tricklers. <laughs> that's a that's a wonderful name. I don't care what you have to say about it. They say, you are not alone in your feelings, Richard. Many Mortal Kombat fans were disappointed with the Super NES version of the game, even though it featured better graphics and play control than <laughs> oh, other versions. Oh, my God. God, what a petty fucking comment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Swar- yeah, they can be swarmy at times. This, this is not new. Yeah. A lot has happened in the video game industry since the controversy, in quotes. Quotation marks, yeah. Yeah. Over Mortal Kombat began. The rating system 
that has become the industry standard is in place and Nintendo agrees that games such as Mortal Kombat 2 have a place within the rating system. And again, that's funny because it's bullshit because Howard Lincoln threw fucking Mortal Kombat aggressively under the bus in those hearings that created the ESRB. Right. <laughs> like, it's it's like documented in court documents, just Howard Lincoln going, like, I think this is gross. Now, we should definitely ban everything that is holding Nintendo back from being what? number one right now. There was, there was like an, an adults-only rating, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's still there. There. It's just nobody. Like, nobody uses yeah, it. No, it nobody, like stores wouldn't stock it. But like night, tra- yeah. night trap, like tapped the line of it. Apparently, which, which is insane. <laughs> like on every single level. Who <laughs> thought a game about like raping girls would be? But it's, it's okay. Not. First of all, that's not what night traps about. Know, like that's. I know. It's it's Triggered. it's like it's, wow, it's like the here. weird Marilyn Manson arguments of stuff where it's like mm. you know if you go to his concert they play with your balls then like kill your parents. <laughs> like it's <laughs> such up. a like dumb thing. Like if if you go back and play Night Trap, it's such a tame goofy <laughs> stupid game it's yes. terrible it's a terrible game like but besides being terrible it's also not wildly offensive no. like everything's super cartoony like, it's so, so it's, corny it's like you're playing a game through security camera footage go mm-hmm. enjoy like it's basically five nights at freddy's but like where if uh you know combined with like a tv network where everything on tv is the worst show ever it's <laughs> extremely cam- or no, very campy to- I think it was like Sean Baby back in the day had a thing of like imagine a world where like the only things on TV are videos of empty rooms or the wor- or a TV show you hate. <laughs> uh, I love Sean Baby. Sean Baby was like the single reason oh, I kept my man. EGM. Had, uh, oh yeah, almost definitely. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When we came across the uh, Mark Discordia mail, we desperately tried to get a hold of Sean Baby. We couldn't reach him though. Yeah. Apparently he's dead or something. I guess. Yeah, but I, I love how defensive they are in this answer. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right, sorry, continue. So they continue, uh, let's see here. As you saw in our review of MK2 last month, Nintendo had no problem retaining all the characteristics that made the fighting game so popular. Just in case you're still not sure, it is the arcade version. And we happen to know for a fact that there are tons of codes for the game. And that was... That, so they plugged their own magazine in the magazine. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that was a uh, reply by guest editor Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> <laughs> So, All right, who gets the next one here? Uh, I, I will. Ryan Keener of Prince George, Virginia says, I think your magazine is just great. I just think you should put in an arcade section in here because everybody likes Mortal Kombat 2 and everyone wants to know all the fatalities <laughs> and moves. I hope you consider my idea. They could have just replied, did you read last month's episode? Issue. I also look at it and go like maybe like don't publish that letter. You know what I? You know what we did find out that uh, some of the letters were uh, were fabricated. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Uh, planted. Yeah. This clearly were this planted. this clearly isn't one of them. No. <laughs> but this next one sure okay, is. Okay, Do you want to ha- <laughs> do you want to handle this one? The question of the month comes from Cliff Campbell in Gratz, uh, Pennsylvania. And he goes, does Kirby have a digestive system? <laughs> and their answer, we're not sure. Jesus. It's unknown. There have been attempts to decipher Kirby's anatomy, but anytime somebody gets close to him, he just sucks them up and spits them back out. Like, <laughs> I think the last the, the last guy that got sucked into Kirby just said, my God, it's full of stars. <laughs> <laughs> It's Jodie Foster, and she's just crying and saying they should have sent a poet. <laughs> is that a contact reference? Yes. It sure was. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Billions wow. and billions. All right. And okay, John. Okay. Top ten. You guys do the voices better for these, though. Why don't you guys want to do? I only do one voice, and that's uh, what's his name? <laughs> Paul Shear. Paul, Sh- Paul Schaefer. <laughs> Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer is CB- different. Yeah. I think I do a better Paul Shear, but I'm not going to try right now. Anyway. Uh, all right. So we got the uh, David Letterman's top ten most <laughs> edible game packs. Most edible game packs. All right. Uh, coming in. At number 10, Yoshi's Cookie. Nom, nom, nom. Uh, it was a good day. <laughs> at number 9, Secret of Mana. I don't get it. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so Mana's the food that God gave the Jews when they were uh. wandering the desert <clears throat> in the Bible. Finally, some, two ends. Ah. Finally so, somebody else knows like, that. We, we got one in before they hit kind of a stretch. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Alright, and uh, El Ocho, numero eight, Zombies Ate My Fudge Cake. <laughs> Which is not the name of I the game. I don't think it's the name of the game there, Dave. So I, I I don't understand the rules of their top ten here, because so far you've had two real games, and then just, th- like, by the time you get to number three, we're now changing to, like, now we can have funny? <laughs> this is the worst episode at Well, I thought real mana was with two ends, right? Probably. So I think yeah. they could have just modified the previous one, then, if they were going to do that. Anyways. All right. Yeah. At, number at seven. Number seven. Coming at number seven. <laughs> yes, that's what's the most confusing part of putting Secret of Mana on your edible games list. <laughs> Panic Restaurant. I don't. What? Know, right. Is that a game? Panic. Panic. Probably. Disco. I don't know. All right. Number six. Tasmayo Mania. It's ah. <laughs> <laughs> a good one, Dave. <laughs> All right. Uh, and number five. We have Metroid Two: Return of the Sandwiches. <laughs> You, you, you get it, Paul? What? Because Samus sounds like sandwich. Sounds like sandwich. <laughs> and at number four, <laughs> this is my name in college, Six Pack Man. Six Pack Man actually seems like it would be like a cool nickname to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at number three, coming in, we have Faceball 2000. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Because <laughs> there's like... Faceball? Pac-Man to- Faceball, yeah, Faceball 2000 was another game, that's right. So it's just a bowl. So like the edible thing is that it's a container that could have food in yes. it. Maybe it's like from that movie Face Off, like the bowl they put the faces in. Like, oh. But you can't. But you can't eat that. I mean, you might not. <laughs> You're missing the point of the game. <laughs> All right, uh, number two, Madden NFL '94, the Sugar Bowl. Oh, that's a college football game, though. I don't. I don't get it. Anyways. And then uh, number one, the number one most edible game pack. NBA Jam. See, but that's actually a play on words people don't remember, but the original uh, run of NBA Jam's game were made on rice crackers. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was a top five list that someone just thought, I can stretch this out. And they Yeah, found. and you can, I feel like you can feel it. Yeah. Like. Yeah, one, one version of NBA Jam came like on Taco Bell uh, burritos and... So when you uh, went to the bathroom after, it made sense to say, you know, he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, shakalaka. Oh, it's a dunk. <laughs> <laughs> loops. All right. And that was uh, from Justin Starkenberg of Raleigh, North Carolina. Justin, okay. Justin, Justin, I hope you're ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you, you better have been six. <laughs> That's like my or high. Okay. 
We have uh, Adam Bradley from Hawthorne in California sent in a poem for the Epic of Link. Where he says, like loot music behind it. So, are we gonna go? Okay. Are we gonna go with beat music, or are we gonna go with like a little hip hop street, just street knowledge? Bongo taps is fine. <laughs> Hit me oh, with okay. some McConaughey. <laughs> okay, you ready? In the first adventure, Zelda's nowhere to be found. She scattered the Golden Triforce all the world around. In the second game, the princess is under a spell. Link has to find seven crystals to make the princess well. On the Super NES. Link starts out in Hyrule. He has to beat two enemies who use a lot of tools. Now that Link's on Game Boy, he's on the Isle of Kohilant. He has to defeat the Sirens to get their instruments. Now you've read a poem about Sir Link's adventures, from Hyrule to the Dark World and an island full of treasures. (laughs) Now, the question is... Adam Bradley lives in Hawthorne, California, which is not that far from me. Should I hunt him down and just beat him to death? Your, your, rhymes, your, rhymes are, your rhymes are shit, bro. You know what's weird? The rhymes don't bother me. I think the thing that bothers me is that he refers to him as Sir Link, because he is in no way a knight. You don't know that. Maybe he is. I definitely do. He's a strange boy <laughs> who wanders in and then just randomly collects items. <laughs> he's a filthy street child. I thought he had. Uh, if he's t- he's always waking up in like like beggars' homes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he never wakes up. He never Damn. wakes up in a castle saying, "Well, it's time to do my job." Of protecting it's the king. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Some damn fairy just like, "Hey, you're hungover." Hey, listen, I don't All want right. to listen. The room's spinning. <laughs> Yeah, so like Adam's gonna get a call later tonight from Kyle. I have a very specific set of skills. I'm gonna put you down. I heard you like poetry. Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm coming to kill you. <laughs> See, but as it turns out, Adam Bradley went on to change his name to Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike, what's going on with the next letter? Okay, we got Mike Costello from Lawrenceville, Georgia. Yep. Okay. He says, congratulations to all those responsible for your recent efforts, Super Metroid, an exceptionally well-designed game in all respects. The music and sound effects created great mood and atmosphere. The controls were smooth and responsive. The motivation and depth of play were very involving, and those graphics. As an artist, I was stunned by all the effects and finishing touches. The use of color and sound in the finale combined to create the most powerful ending I've ever witnessed in a video game. Super Metroid is a game that I'll return to and play again and again with the knowledge that there are better endings and that I only recovered 87% of the items. I'll have to. I'm glad no one was present when Samus and I defeated the Mother Brain and got off the planet. I was in a state. I made sure I would have been carted away. Oh, the vapors. <laughs> well, he's from Georgia. You know, if you mix up the letters in Mike Costello, it translates to... Uh, Metroid game designer. <laughs> I thought it would be like Psych Molesto or something. <laughs> okay. Alright, and let's see. Luke Schroeder of Sioux City, Iowa says, I have recently played Super Metroid and I loved it. I played Super Metroid and I loved it. A friend of mine helped me finish it and the ending was amazing. Regardless if it took us six hours, we just got a cheap Thumbs up from Samus. Beating it was thrilling. Okay. Well, when you hit puberty, you're going to find more thrills in beating it. Mm. All right. And you want to close this out, Kyle? 
Uh, sure, from Stephen Bruckner from Vernon, PA. Uh, why did the hatchling have to die at the end of Super Metroid? You can save all the other friendly creatures like Dakula and Ekkloons, <laughs> but you can't save the baby Metroid? You guys have made almost all your other games have happy endings. This time you have, you, you've goofed. I was crying as soon as the Metroid died. Were you guys trying to play a drama? If you did so, good job. But if I wanted a drama, I'd ask for one of the videos. Wow. Uh, uh, Steven Bruckner. Steven Bruckner. The f- you're a bitch. The first snowflake. <laughs> Look, clearly, like this person, touched with one of many numerous brain disorders, was just sitting around biding their time before they discovered Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be their response. Nice. No, I right, can rescue then, uh, all the animals. <laughs> see, Gail writes has a little has a, has a little editor, editor's corner here, and she's saying people are writing in complaining that there's not very many NES games uh, being reviewed anymore, and she has to explain that uh, the NES games are not coming out anymore, so they can't review them. So. <laughs> It says, lately NES games have not been rated very high. There aren't very many NES games being developed. These are the main reasons the NES games don't get the coverage. Just as gaming technology races ahead, we must follow with our game reviews. Results from a recent Players Poll survey indicates 87.5% of the respondents owned a Super NES compared to just 80.9% owning an NES. So the second second 87 on this page. I love that the uh, the message is largely her saying, hey, get off our dick. <laughs> <laughs> you have to buy a new system. Yeah. This will be your life as a video game fan for the rest yeah. of time. This isn't the first letter she's had to write like that either. This is probably the second or third time. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah, this console is not going to last you your entire life. You will have to buy mm. others. She dead. She gone. Yep. <laughs> All right. So Unless you have child childhood onset cancer, in which case... Hold on to it. This will last you. Oh, Took a turn for the worse there. All right, next next up's feature game for Super Punch Out, which of course does not feature Iron Mike Tyson anymore. They yeah, dropped him from the licensing because he was, uh, I believe, in prison for his rape. <laughs> yes. Just biding his time working on that Adult Swim pilot script. He was getting a taste for ear at that point. <laughs> He was yep. just like, man, I can't wait to do a couple more weird, gross things, then have America forgive me because I own a tiger. <laughs> I do a lot of stuff with pigeons. People think I'm all right. And, Hold on. And animals can judge good people because they can detect souls. <laughs> and when they see animals love me, they'll know that I can oh. be forgiven. Oh, oh. who's that? What's, what? What? Who's Hold that? on, I got, the, I got the door. Hold on a second. <laughs> hey, 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 who's who's there? Uh, hey guys, it's me. Uh, I'm Mike Tyson. Uh, I heard you talk about Punch Out. Yeah. 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 Super Punch Out, the Super Nintendo game. No, they they didn't make no Super Punch Out. I would have known about that one. I would would have gotten a call. No, no, you were you were this one. You were in jail. Remember? What? For your sexual assault? No, no, that was just a misunderstanding. That was a misunderstanding. (laughs) I'm hanging out with some of your friends for a while there. Yeah, you know, I had some time to think about uh, raising some uh, pigeons and, uh, you know, think about uh, what uh, the the prequel for The Hangover might be. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I just want to know what they did before they got they got the movie, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, especially we would have loved to see what you were up to before those before those rapscallions took off with your tiger. Probably probably like feeding the tiger and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> The question, yeah, the qu- yeah, yeah, feeding it, that's right. The question is, who did you feed the tiger? 
Definitely, <laughs> definitely not beating people and feeding it to the tiger. Yep. <laughs> just, just, just playing my tiger. And uh, anyways. Alright, uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, what we, is, we what's, uh, what's happening, guys? What's new? What I miss? <laughs> well, we've still been covering Nintendo Power Magazine. Oh, okay. Made it to 65th issue of this. I don't oh, know how. You, guys, you guys need to do something better with your lives. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Very true. Go out, go out and write a pilot for Adult Swim or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I guess we can, like, resort oh, to writing or something. I'm going to go back and uh, record for my own podcast. I'll see you guys later. All right, later, Mike. Okay, Mike. <laughs> oh, that was weird. Yeah. I don't... I think I forgot to tell Kyle that uh, Mike Tyson's my next-door neighbor. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. You know what my two favorite parts of that were? First, where Mike Tyson referred to rape as a misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, one of the, that was one of the enemies in Super Punch-Out, right? Misunderstanding? Yes. <laughs> was, was, oh, you, you fought allegations. Mis- <laughs> misunderstanding and her partner allegations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well done, sir. And then my second favorite part is uh, anytime a character comes into a sketch and uh, uh, instead of bailing out goes, so What's up with you guys? <laughs> That's like the perfect anti-SN. That's the no but. Like, uh, like just a just a long pause that where it could have been. Well, I gotta go, but instead it was, hey, so what else? <laughs> yeah, make someone else do the heavy lifting now. <laughs> I know I'm a fanciful character, but I want to get really real. And I've got, I've got, I've got to grow in this sketch. He's he's got depth. <laughs> So, the other weird thing about Super Punch-Out, they took Mario away as the ref. They did? Yeah, the, Mario isn't the ref in this game, and so, like, the the other characters will, like, do low blows and stuff that weren't in the other games. Oh, so there's no ref at all. Isn't he... No ref. Yeah. There's no ref in it? Yeah, it's like... Isn't Mario in the audience, though, with, like, a posse? Um... It's hard to tell to zoom in really close yeah, to the screenshots. Yeah, John, do some research. Find I, out if I, somebody I, was in the audience. I swear to God, I watched like a Did You Know Gaming or something, and they point out that like Donkey Kong and Mario and Peach or something like that are like in the crowd. Oh. I do know that one of like in the original Punch Out, like one of the secrets to beating one of the later guys was there was a like one person camera flash, the, and there's also a person in like the front row that would do something. Yeah, you're yeah, the guy right, that could like, beat Tyson because he knows yeah. that someone in the front crowd would wink before he throws the surprise punch. Right. Oh, all right. I don't know how you pick up on that, but all right. Um, Let's talk about the I boxers. <laughs> yeah. So what do we have here in Super Punch Out? Got Gabby J from France. We're Repl- mm-hmm. replacing 50- uh, <laughs> Straw Joe or whatever the Glass Joe. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, 56 years old apparently. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. One in 99 is his record. Oh my God. He should mm-hmm. be a friggin' potato with all the beatings he's taken. Like he should just be a living callus. And then and we also have Mike's porn name, Bear Hugger. Uh, <laughs> hey, he's only thirty-two. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a dark thing about Bear Hugger as we get further along that I was unaware of uh, in my Punch Out knowledge. <laughs> okay. A dark thing. Uh, we'll get there. All <laughs> right. Yeah. So he looks, appears to be like the Canadian Zangief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bear Hugger's best offensive move is a double glove. That's like my dating move too. You know, when she's questionable. The uh, double glove. Overhead, the overhead slam punch. When you try to punch him in the face and he blocks it, be on alert as his attack will be coming. 
duck out of the way when he throws a power punch, and he will come out swinging. The first time in the game, the ducking will be useful. He will try this combination many times in each match. Bear hugger packs a wallop. <laughs> then we have right. Piston Hurricane from Cuba, age 25, record 21 and 10. Let me Not tell much to say about, about him. Boxer named Hurricane. He's like a per- he's like a person that looks like a legitimate athlete in here. There's not much yeah. to say <laughs> about him. And then we have uh, Bald Bull, which is from the original. Is Bald Bull like the the first Turkish video game character? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> well, there were like yeah. there were wrestling characters uh, like with Turkish backgrounds and stuff, right? Ah, uh, yes, I, for- I forgot about wrestling. The Iron Sheik. <laughs> Iron Sheik. I think he was. I don't know. Iranian or something. Probably. Um, Sun Kaboom. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. And then we. Can we get to the next one? Because it's my favorite name in the game. All right. So yeah, that's Bob Bull. All right. Bob, Bob Charlie. <laughs> Bob Charlie instead of Bob Marley. Uh, yeah. All right. That's, From uh, Jamaica. That, that's, yep. that's pretty solid. Eggs, uh, uh, fist to cuffs, movement of the fist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have. I'm gonna be honest. That was a better parody than it was given credit for, sir. <laughs> like it took me a minute to really process the amount of wordplay there, and I was like, that was real good. Mike has some zingers yeah, now and what, then. Yeah, most of what he says goes over our heads. So <laughs> usually, some really obscure a, reference. We have a Jackie Chan res- reference here in the Dragon Chan from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we have the masked muscle. Well, well, this which is, is like, a luchador. Yeah, we get to, well, well, Dragon Chan. This guy's just outright kicking. Like this is this is where this game really deviates from Punch Out. Like they will just outright kick the shit out of you. This is yeah. like the, yeah. the absence of a ref is felt. Let me. Ask. Well, they they put in Punch Out now featuring kicking. <laughs> With only but only one guy though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have a luchador and masked muscle, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Mr. Sandman, mm-hmm. who is the major circuit champ. And that's actually the guy who is the same Mr. Sandman years later who would sweep you off the stage at the Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> He's finishing movies, he brings out the hook. Yes, exactly. You get it. So Sandman's... Re- and it was a broom. So Sandman's replacing uh, Mike Tyson, is that right? Oh, no, we still got no, more. Oh, yeah, there's, that's, that's oh, there's the more? major circuit. Now there's the world circuit. Now, Air, now Aaron Ryan <laughs> looks like the word Aryan. Yeah. Yes. Like, or like in every oh, single way. There's no way that guy doesn't have a big old. Yeah. There's no way that guy doesn't have a big old white power tattoo on his back. Yeah. He's got a, yeah. he's got well, an iron he, eagle he on his changed, back. Well, he changed his his uh, first name to his middle name Paul. And now <laughs> <in> the politics. <laughs> they can't. They can't. They can't see my ink if I'm always wearing a suit and smiling. See, you get it. Paul Ryan's he's like a Paul Ryan's, he's like a Tom Clancy villain. Paul His, Ryan's like secretly jacked, by the way. Like he apparently yep. works out three hours a day or something crazy. Like yeah. That. So just punching trees. <laughs> like can, bad rock, so we can get so, we, so we can get used to beating brown things. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Whenever Aaron Ryan uh, loses a match, he goes back to his car, starts it up, and the first song that pl- that plays is "Cut My Life Into Pieces." This is <laughs> this my last resort. It. Now, within this one too, Mad Clown was my dark story. Is that it points out here that has Bear Hugger joined the circus and moved to Italy? <laughs> like the implication being that Mad Clown 
is just bear hugger dressed as a clown fighting to try to make two paychecks. <laughs> and I find that kind of tragic. Look, it's got the same like, also, pouch in the front, too, like the kangaroo pouch on the overalls. Can we also appreciate the fact that it is weird that, like, the, the Canadian guy in overalls is only, like, the second player you f- fight but like the implication is that then his clown alter <laughs> ego is a massively popular world fighter well here's the thing see bear think how amusing it would be if like if you're watching a heavyweight bout and like one of the combatants pulled out like juggling balls mid-match <laughs> i mean like bringing overalls to a boxing match what the fuck <laughs> uh, we, we, we missed uh, Heike Kagero from Japan 19 year old he fighter. whips his hair back and forth. <laughs> definitely yeah. not Sephiroth he's the willow he's the willow yeah uh, he's a Vega and Willow Smith had a child <laughs> <laughs> oh let me have Super Macho Man oh yeah <laughs> which uh, yeah does not look like Macho Man it looks like a no. super toned well, it's, uh, it's what happens when Macho Man falls into all the ooze like the end of Ninja Turtles <laughs> Like Shredder becomes Kevin Nash, and then Macho Man becomes Super Macho. He looks like Randy West. Uh, he he looks kind of like current day Ric Flair. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Then, uh, all right. Uh, we also have on the special circuit, which I don't know what that means. Maybe it's like the disabled fighters. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> one, well, once you beat the world champion, it's time to just like turn into a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Who else can out, you like, beat up? They bring out like the usher, like the guy at the, the hot dog stand. He's just got bloodlust at that point. These are just audience members that you brutally beat. We <laughs> <laughs> so have so, Narciss Prince. Yeah, yeah Narciss. Just some, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, then we got, have uh, an old man. Hoy Quarlo. Hoy Quarlo. And then the Bruiser old, Brothers. Yeah. yeah, Nick and Rick, who apparently Nick beat Rick once in a fight because he's 41 and 1, and Nick is 42 and 0. So. <laughs> and, you know, you thought Bearhugger was just like replacing the same guy with a different skin. They just said, fuck that. We're not even going to replace the skin. <laughs> it's pretty clever. <laughs> All right. Clever so. and or lazy. All right. Anything? Oh, there. Apparently, oh yeah. And the the big dynamic with this game is building up your super meter, which is a little bit different. You had to build up the stars in the old super uh, in the old punch outs. In this one, it's a super meter. Like for each dodge and successful jab and stuff, you build up a super punch. Do you still so, play as Little Mac? Uh, I don't think you really see who you are. Uh, yes, you do. You it's, see your face next to the boxer in the you got in uh, the little power right. bar, and you're not it's Little not, Mac. It's not. Yeah. So you and you are Little well, Mac. Okay. It can be Little Mac, because Little Mac had black hair, and this guy's got brown hair. Yeah. Doesn't look like the same guy. But what's interesting, yeah. graphics-wise, is, is the uh, perspective is you kind of see through Little yeah, Mac a little ghost, bit. Ghost, ghost version of yourself. That's really kind of impressive, uh, graphics-wise. Well, that's kind of a riff on the arcade game, because mm-hmm. the arcade game, you were a wire yeah. <laughs> And And the sprite work of the enemies is really the star here more than anything. Yeah, it, it's a pretty game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like it, it, it has aged well. It still looks good. Like if you, if this was on your phone or something like that, you'd look and be like, "Hey, well, someone did some good artwork here." Like, yeah. It this game, like while it didn't really get a lot of traction in the market, um, unfortunately, because it, it, it's pretty interesting, but um, it holds up well with time on the aesthetic scale. Mm-hmm. But speaking of holding it well in time on the aesthetic scale, what do we have next? Donkey Kong Country the preview. Yeah, so we're not going to go too deep, because obviously we're going to review the game 
later on. But what do mm-hmm. we have in here in this in this preview here? They're telling us about the basic storyline, which is uh, the Kong Horde has uh, stolen all of, Kong, of uh, not the Kong Horde, the uh, what we call it, King K. Rule and the uh, the Kremlings, Kremlings have mm-hmm. uh, stolen Kong's banana horde, his giant pile of bananas, and so Donkey Kong needs to go get them back, apparently. And that's essentially it. And then they uh, introduce you to Donkey Kong's friends. So these are the I different think this creatures. Is the first time they've like they've actually like spelled out what the what the like the companion um, characters will be, right? Yeah, agree. The things you can ride. So you can ride a rhinoceros it's called Rambi. <laughs> we have Engard, which is a swordfish. Those for underwater levels. You have Winky the frog. And then we've got John the one trick pony. <laughs> and then you have Espresso, which is an ostrich that can sort of glide. Uh, and then it talks about the the Diddy Kong, the Donkey Kong family, the Kong clan. So he got this was this is uh, I didn't realize that Nintendo had had acknowledged Cranky Kong as being the Donkey Kong from the original. Yeah. Game. Oh yeah, it is. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I did not realize that that was canon. Yeah, that's impressive. at the beginning of the game when yep. they show like the old school graphics and then you and know he's, yeah he's in the chair jamming to the old Atari. Atari, listen to you. And then Donkey comes in with his friggin' hippity hop like. Like, this ain't your daddy's Donkey Kong. Yep. So they got Diddy Kong, which you can play as either one of them. You can switch between them as part of the game. And then you have Candy Kong, Donkey Kong's sweetheart in a onesie swimsuit. And then you have Funky Kong, which is a guy wearing a headband, sunglasses, and a gold chain. (laughs) We're running a surfboard with flip-flops on. Funky Kong is real cool. Mm -hmm. Funky Kong. Funky Kong Medina. And I and I know he's cool because he can surf in flip-flops. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. There's be some really good grip on, the, on those things. Uh, so they start going in about some of the levels here, so we're not really going to cover that uh, too much. So when they talk about Donkey Kong Exposed, which you keep seeing on the side, they're talking about the VHS tape that they sent out at the same time. So not in this issue, but definitely in a future future one, we're going to have a special episode where we have to watch the 20-minute uh, uh, video and uh, I think we might it. do that as like a side episode. Side, yes. Bonus content, maybe for Patreon-only people. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll see. What really, All three of them. What's really great All three. Is, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have something to offer them. <laughs> what's really great is that this is a uh, like one of the biggest nin- games that Nintendo made that was sort of based on a real story. Really? Yeah, the Banana Wars. Huh. It was when uh, America had an occupation, police action, and intervention in Central America and the Caribbean between the end of the Spanish-American War and the inception of the Good Neighbor Policy in 1934. So for 35, 36 years, they occupied Nicaragua, Haiti, the Dominican Republic. Huh. Hmm. So, Kyle, have you gone back and played this, like, uh, in in retrospective kind of... Donkey Kong Country? Yeah, my uh, my girlfriend is quite the fan of them, and uh, maybe a year or two ago, Meltdown, the theater where the where Nerd Melt is, uh, the mm-hmm. they used to have a vintage video games area, and they had a couple of TVs that just had old consoles hooked up all the time, and and right. you'd watch like as something was in there, like people just kind of get fixated on it for a few days or so, and one of those right. for a while was Donkey Kong Country. 
and you're like, oh man, this is a very like loose but kind of fun game. Uh, and then you get to those minecart mm-hmm. levels, and you're like, fuck everything forever. Uh, nothing <laughs> is real, and everything's a lie, uh, and I hate everyone. <laughs> My illusions of in, my illusions of intelligence have been because you're having such a lovely time, and then they just go ahead and ruin it. I like the minecart level. Well, the, uh, you know, yeah. I get that like you're a bad person, so <laughs> <laughs> like they're just they're yeah. But but it was it's it's interesting because like they still they have a very specific look, like they have a charm to them, like they definitely uh, are not a tight game. You know, you definitely feel a little slippy and slidey and stuff Dude. like that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, for you know, like like the they were never my platformer of choice, but they're definitely always something yeah. that I've like appreciated just because I like the aesthetic. It's not <laughs> a precise game by any means, but, but it has a, a lot of like a ton yeah, of personality. Of, yeah, a ton, there's a lot of hidden elements to the game. So when you play someone that really knows like what they're doing with the game, it's it can be pretty fun. So yeah, one of my exes like. She grew up with, like, only these games, pretty much. It was, like, all she had. So, like, she knew how to, like, play every level, like, all the hidden shit. It was just crazy watching <laughs> someone that, like, had only... This was, like, their only experience with video games. <laughs> it was, oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, ben, anything to add? Uh, I mean, I'll, we'll dig into it much much more next issue. So, I'll mm-hmm. reserve my, my comments about it for, for that. That sounds like a good plan. All right. Next up, though, we've got... That's right... Cruising USA. This is a preview, not again, not a review, but like they're they're getting into what's coming from Midway. First and foremost, they have that photo of the mock of the arcade machine. I do not remember that arcade machine for that game. No, no. Where are you looking? Oh, I see. That's such a like CES demo version of an arcade machine, and then it's just like a bunch of piece of plywood that looks like the pole position machine because (laughs) racing video games have really never changed except for like Aqua Thunder's use of teal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or Hydro Thunder, I apologize. I know yeah. I'd get tweets about that. <laughs> yeah, so what uh for those who aren't like looking at what we're looking at for <laughs> we have Which uh, what's wrong like, with you? I mean like we're we're reading this whole thing, but you know, you could crack up on the issue and look. <laughs> but uh it's they've taken like a sports car, looks like a kind of a dummy version of a Corvette and cut it in half for the arcade cabinet and like it's like there's a raised TV it looks like they put a TV in a power wheels yes <laughs> like if we're being real that's what it looks like mm-hmm. or like you know when the, actually, or wait uh, when the penguin sets up like like controls the Batmobile and Batman returns mm-hmm. <laughs> like that but with a sports car instead of the Batmobile yeah they actually looked at some photos of the arcade machine, and this actually was one of the models that they sold. It just huh. didn't sell very many of them, because uh, the they typical sold the more conventional one a lot more. That's the one you see in like all the pizza par- your, your your local pizza parlor. Yeah, the, they had like the the sit down more traditional one, which is sort of the cardboard box on the outside with the seat. They had the double one with two seats, and of course they had the stand up one, which is a steering wheel stuck on it basically, which is lame. Yeah, that's always a bummer when you see that for a driving game in the arcade. You're like, oh, you didn't even try. Yeah, <laughs> like, you guys couldn't show up for the one you actually sit down in and press the gas pedal for. You gotta stand up for this shit. So for- I love that they, 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 like, they try to, like, promote the, like, the speeds of the car in the game. Capable of 147 miles an hour and 0 to 60 in 2.51 seconds. Like, 
I don't. Nobody remembers like the performance of the cars in that game. They just remember like racing through the different parts of America. Like, like, yeah, nobody's did looking car at go this. fast. Yeah, right. Yeah, nobody's looking at. This Can phenomenon. you hit cows? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remember from the game. It's like Chris Jenner, the game. <laughs> oh. oh, one of the some of the interesting things about this article is they actually do talk about the arcade machine. So the people that complain about hey, you should have a arcade section, they actually do mention it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then now they're mentioning hey, remember we talked about uh, our connection between uh, Williams and Nintendo Ultra sixty four. Well, here's right. you know here's where this is going kind of thing. So right. it's a preview of an N64 game. Oh, look, we have a logo for the Ultra 64 in the top right corner, I just realized. Yeah. Yep. So that'll get killed eventually. And then we have uh, a bunch of shots from the game, including the bikini-clad, uh, you know, checker, checkered flag girl, which mm-hmm. I don't think made it to the 64 uh, version of the oh, game. Oh, it did. That's, that's sure shit oh, in the arcade did. version. It's in the arcade, I know that. I don't know oh, it is for sure in the 64 version. Okay. Believe me, I've been playing it. Note to 13-year-old me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it is. And they anyways. have like a little notepad here that sort of... What does this say? Like? Race across the U.S. or practice on your favorite section of the course. Any car can be driven with an automatic or standard four-speed transmission. Oh, okay. It's just some like features of the game. Okay. No, they yeah. are. Um, well, at the end, it tells you, like, finish the race in first place and the next race is free. You know, considering you like bought any the arcade game. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> so you better drive faster than the train, or you're toast. Mm. <laughs> All right, Mike, what's next? Uh, one of uh, my yeah. favorite. Uh, Kyle <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. Final mm-hmm. Fantasy III: When Magic and Technology Collide. This game. My notes for this game are literally Mike Town. <laughs> <laughs> this game is fucking beautiful. Great music, great graphics, great everything. It is just a riveting story, fantastic characters that are actually fleshed out, all of them. And, and really as we go through them. this, we're going to get some great profiles on them. Yep. So let's get to know these people. In an I was amazed how thorough this is. I didn't mean to cut you off, by the way. Just I saw a good segue there. But, uh, uh, like, I'm amazed how thorough this coverage is. I'm used to John cutting me off, so I, I appreciate someone new doing it. Bringing someone so, new into the relationship <laughs> is nice. So three was but your like, jam? Oh, yeah. I like, like a Mike two. Briss. I'm always cutting him off. Does this count as, is this the situation where this is secretly six? Yes. 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 Okay, so then when four comes out, like, later on the NES, what is that? It's Final Fantasy this, It doesn't. Final Fantasy okay. 4 was released on the NES as Final Fantasy 2. This is Okay, six. so that's... Okay. Yeah, 5 and then wasn't. When, and, then, and then for 7, they just basically... like They changed back, to, right? Yeah, and just yeah. go to... They use the Japanese numbers in America. But there's a so 4 the there. on on Super Nintendo 2, isn't there? Yes, it came out as Final yes, Fantasy that's, 2. That's 2. Yeah, there was a Final Fantasy 5, which never came out on the Super Nintendo, but it did come out on the uh, Game Boy. And advance. Yeah, it's like the virtual console as well, too, right? Or something like that. Yeah, I gotcha. don't know why they didn't do it because it was a good game too. The Final Fantasy timeline of like releases is, and it's weird because like this is one of the ones like the the two NES ones that I think of, I like a lot. Like like I you know I've only spent a little bit of time with either one of them, but I enjoy both quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But because of the weird numbering and the fact that I've been friends with different people who number them different ways, I just know them as which ones the one where they they run around in robot suits. 
<laughs> yeah, this is the one. This is great. And then this is the this, one. This was the jam. Is this the, ch- is this the chocobo racing? What? Which one's this? <laughs> That's all of them. When does Sora meet Roxas? <laughs> I think this was the game that I actually tried at some point when I was young, and like it was a friend's version, and they were like well into the like the final boss part of the game, oh. and like I didn't understand anything that was going on, and it completely soured me to RPGs for like the rest of my life. Yeah, that's no fun. So, yeah, you got to play this game from <laughs> the start. It's it's riveting because yeah. it's it uses the Mode Seven graphics for a cinematic intro scene where the three Magitech suits advance on this small, unguarded town ready to attack. Mm. And it's just like the the way the credits roll up and the music is just riveting and isolating. It's just excellently done. It is a good game. It is a good game. I know that. So what do we have here? We have profiles of the different yeah, like well, members of your party is what it opens up with, Well, right? first it's building the world, saying that in an age long past, in a time we can only imagine, mysterious people were said to hold the power of magic in their souls. All kinds of magic were known to them, both spells of healing and spells of destruction. So amazing was their power that they dominated the known world. No one contested their right to rule. The years passed peacefully. People worked the land, raised their families, and lived as lived their lives contentedly. But as the years ambled by, those in power began to bicker. First they quarreled over minor issues, but as their hunger for power grew, so did their fights. As the magic wielders quietly chose sides in the growing dispute, they began to work on weapons of destruction. Those weapons evolved by way of magic into a frightening group of beasts known as espers. The coming of the espers was the beginning of the end. So basically, hmm. they modified these creatures to harness their power, and in doing so, they so created the- a global calamity where magic didn't exist for a thousand years. So the esper, uh, the espers are like modern day Kardashians. <laughs> yep, everybody was all about them, <laughs> and they ruined civilization. No, the beginning of the end was was their arrival. Yeah. So a thousand years later, magic doesn't exist, and then you begin the game as Tara, the first person in a thousand years to wield magic, but she doesn't okay. know anything about her past because she wears a slave crown that gives her amnesia. Okay. So it says she knows Justin. Yeah, Tara, <laughs> the wielder of magic. And she's a blonde in the artwork, but green-haired in the uh, game. I don't know why. It says she knows little about her past. She doesn't know who she is. Maybe she, like, stayed too long in the pool. (laughs) She doesn't know who she is or where she comes from, and she doesn't know why people think she's special. She does know that the Empire used mind control to turn her into a ruthless machine responsible for murdering countless people. Now she uses her magic against the Empire. Hmm. The Empire did nothing wrong. (laughs) And then we get Locke. But don't call him a thief. He fancies himself a treasure hunter, even though he often hunts for treasure in other people's purses. Although he has the heart of an adventurer, his carefree demeanor hides a tragic past. He feels responsible for the death of his girlfriend who perished at the hands of Imperial soldiers. That's not true, I think. His sole purpose in life is to find the magic that the Phoenix used to rise from its ashes. He hopes that the same magic will one day bring his girlfriend back to life. He's a clever and powerful ally. And we get to see him at his best, where he literally steals the clothes off of a merchant and leaving him only in his boxers. Just the game where looks- Kefka destroys the world like halfway yeah. through. That's why okay. This I think game I played was- played part of this game. Yeah, that's why this <laughs> game was awesome because the villain wins halfway through. It's like, yeah, you rally your forces, you charge, you ass- you you assault the fortress, and you're too fucking late. He's too powerful, and the world breaks. You lost. Let's not read. We don't have to read everything here, <laughs> please, Mike. <laughs> But what, explain Mog the Moogle quickly. Mog the Moogle, he uses dance attacks that he learns based off his environments. 
And, then, and he's he looks kind of like a little Pikachu kind of goblin. I don't know, like yellow yeah, well, thing. We first know. saw Moogles in Secret of Mana. Mm, okay, so they carried them over. Yep. All right, and then what else do we have? Uh, next is Edgar, one of the uh, one of my favorite characters, the engineer and okay. the king of Figaro Castle. He uses tools, and they go okay. and they range from auto crossbows to drills to bio blasters, which gas all the enemies. A flash, which stuns multiple enemies. A chainsaw, which can dam- damage a single enemy seriously, or a noise blaster, which confuses all enemies. And the air anchor, which makes enemies self destructive. So engineer is not really crafting; it's more like he just controls a bunch of different weapon types. <laughs> Yeah, well, he, he uses a sword, but his tool options that he picks up uh, pretty much penetrates all enemies' defenses and just wrecks their shit. All right, and, and then what else do we have? Well, his brother Sabin is the exact opposite. Mm. His tools are his fists. Okay. And he uses it's a... Like he's like the Chris Brown. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He uses... Man, the year 2012 called and wants these Kardashian <laughs> and Chris Brown jokes back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a problem we have a real comedian on the show. Just, like, rips our poor jokes to shreds. <laughs> I just feel like there's, like, there's there's updates to be right, made. Ray Rice, do you prefer? You guys are like that Mac, like, like the, the Mac that refuses to do the update <laughs> yes it's like look man in 2012 i learned what a Kardashian and chris brown are and i've been milking it ever since humor has peaked i'm that not gonna not learn what Bra- what drake and more Kardashians are no we've made f- oh, drake's been talked about ben has a hatred for drake i can't stand that song mumbles he's a mumbler blah, 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 blah. <laughs> i like the, the thing you don't like about drake is his poor enunciation and not his awful yes. music and personality I stopped learning about Drake at the music. Politically, yeah. I'm totally into it. But <laughs> What the hell is a hotline bling anyway? I don't want to know. Anyway, anyway so right. Saban does the ballroom blitz, where you just input a series of commands like Mortal Kombat or, well, basically any Street Fighter game, and it unleashes a series of different attacks like a magic burst, a, uh, a suplex, which is really great because there's this one scene where you can suplex a fucking train. And that is just epic. That is just one of the. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there's Cyan, one of my favorite characters, who is a valiant knight. He uses different sword techniques, which are based off samurai skills, like bushido. How is he not blue, by the way? His name's Cyan. His armor is blue. In the uh, sketch work, it is not because someone doesn't get color names. Hmm. But uh, he has a a classical way of speaking. Like, he uses thou and thee and verily. Hmm. And he has, like, immediately he has a a great story. He defends his uh, castle from attack, (coughs) defending his realm. And then in the very next scene, uh, Kefka, the prick that he is, poisons the water supply. And he has to watch everyone around him in one scene just drop dead. And as he goes to get his wife and child out, he realizes it's it's too late. So he is the sole survivor of his realm. That's brutal. And then what else do we have? Like Dark Link or Shadow? I don't know what we're going <laughs> to... He's a ninja that shows up as a mercenary for Har. You can buy his services early on in the game, but it's only temporary, mm. and then he fucks off. But then at one point, he becomes an optional character that, you know, he joins you for the uh, assault on Kefka's island, and then... He, well, no, he takes off beforehand, but he shows up at the last minute to buy you time for escape, and you can choose to wait for him to get on the ship, or you can just leave him to <laughs> become a comet. 
as the as the island destroys God, itself. Japanese games make so much sense. All right, love it. Um, All right. I gotta go real quick here. I'm in this for the long haul, but uh, I did not get the chance because I ran right in to get on the Skype uh, to grab food. So I'm gonna just good. run into the other room for a minute okay. uh, as we continue through the other 98 characters in Final <laughs> Fantasy III. <laughs> we'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll reconvene and I'll meet you guys at... Wait, wait, wait. Let's see what their preview. The well, next we're gonna is. have a yeah, when we when we get to the Earthworm Jim poster. <laughs> we're gonna yeah, t- we're gonna take a break and cut the episode in half after the uh, Earthworm Jim poster, anyways. So we're at a natural breaking point soon enough. But yes. Oh, great. Feel okay, free to cool, go cool. eat now, though. Cool. I will be back. All right. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay, and then we got Celeste, a former general. She uses her sword to absorb magic attacks coming in from the enemy. Basically, she's a light lightning rod for magic. What hap- Like, what's the like former like? She just couldn't cut it as a general, or well, the uh, she's had it. Well, she learns that Kefka or was this like a Mulan thing where they realized she was a girl and like kicked her out of the army. No, she was a uh, a magical knight, but she learned that the empire was uh, killing civilians. Like she learned about Kefka's poisoning of the Doma, and of Doma, which was Cyan's land. And when she uh, abandoned the empire, they captured her and tortured her as a traitor. Oh, okay. So she's like disbanded from her troops. Yeah, she uh, she had a change she, of heart. She left. A right. traitor. Yep, she couldn't believe in the empire anymore, so they captured her and tortured her. And then All there's right, what else we have? Gal, the wild boy. He's a berserker which learns different attacks by leaping on monsters. Then they vanish. The fight's over, and then you find him later on after you defeat that same monster again, and he will have learned their attacks. Now you can't control them. But when you turn him on, he goes on autopilot and he uses all the attacks of the monsters that he's learned. And then we have Gambit, who, as well. who is a gambler, and he uses the slot attack, where <laughs> basically... His name's actually Setzer, by the way, let's be clear. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Setzer, not Seltzer. So, he uses mm. playing cards as his I had a New York weapon. Seltzer the other day. Mm. It's good. Worth the inter- God, I hate these games wor- so worth, the, worth the interruption. So... <laughs> I hate these games so much. I literally said like two words in the last 20 minutes. Oh, oh God, I hate these games. So he uses slots which can either uh, do immense power. Is it clear to you, Mike, at this point, like how, like, thick this is? Like how, like as someone that doesn't play these games, like trying to understand Mm. all this. You don't have to play every single character. You've introduced us to 20 fucking characters. It's like like seven. No wonder people can't pick this game up. Jesus I got bored crazy. halfway through the game and I put it down. Uh, took too long. Give me, this give is, me lick. Give me a sword. Give me a shield. This is the eight, point me at the enemy. It's the eighth it's too character. Long. So he uh. uses slot machines, and then there's Strago the magician, who he when he witnesses an enemy use an attack, he's able to use that magic at any time. Now, unlike Gao, you can choose what he uses. Oh my god! And then there's Realm oh the artist, which is his granddaughter, and she can sketch an enemy, and use its own attacks against it. Yeah, that just makes so much sense. I don't know why anybody. Oh. And then there's and then there's hidden characters like Gogo and Umaro, which you won't get them until the world ends anyway. Right. And then there's Jesus. and then we get to meet Kefka, motivated by a consuming greed. He grows impatient with Gestal. He thinks the old king moves too slowly, worries too much about the people. He decides to act on his own in his own heartless mm-hmm. way. And then we get to meet the other people of the Empire. Gestal, the aging monarch, believes that the Empires are too powerful to unleash. Well, I don't know, they make it sound like he's 
good guy, but he's not. Then there's General Leo, a goofy-looking guy with a brush cut. He's kind of like a Japanese version of Guile. And it says, mm. After witnessing Kefka's ruthless acts, he lays down his weapons and tries to negotiate peace. That does not... Hmm, all right. Yeah, it doesn't end well. And hmm. then there's Sid, a scientist... <laughs> Who always wears a raincoat. <laughs> and that's why he doesn't have any kids. So, Sid, mm -hmm. a scientific genius, creates the machines that converts espers into magicide. Basically, yeah. magic All juice. those words make so much sense. All right. He turns, okay. he turns living things into, like, dead batteries. Okay. So, I know some of these oh. character names are repeated across, like, multiple Final Fantasy games, iterations. Like, Sid is in, I don't know how many games, right? About all of them. Except so for is uh, he? There's always a Sid. There's always a Lighthouse. It, yeah, as I say, which characters are repeated over and over in different incarnations? Uh, Moogles, Sid, and that's about it. Like there's different, like there's different styles and, and characters. Like in Final Fantasy mm. V, there's a brawler, and then there's are there chocobos Final in every Final Fantasy? Yes, there is are. that a running theme? And then, and then ev in all the recent ones, there's some angsty emo Japanese, like, teenage kid. Yeah, that was before I went off the rails. <laughs> yeah, it really is like a teenage soap opera these days. Yeah, this was back when it had likable characters instead of, like, <laughs> shitty Dawson's Creek wannabes. Yeah, it, like, it basically turned into, like, a Persona ripoff is what it became. <laughs> so what, when right. did you check out of the Final Fantasy series then, Mike? I never did. Well, you are still playing the current ones. <laughs> well, I don't have Final yeah, Fantasy 15 because I don't have a PlayStation 4, but I did play the uh, the Kingdom Hearts games, the uh, Final Fantasies up to 13. Like I just never played yeah. the uh, the multiplayer ones because why would I want to talk with other people? <laughs> then I played the yeah, uh, Final Fantasy tough. the Final Fantasy Tactics games that came out on. It's the, pretty uh, tough when you don't let the other person have a word in edgewise, so. <laughs> 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 and then so talk what, over you just to get a word in. What do they have here? They have like a, a layout to how to start the game? Yep. It's just right. basically how to get started. Where you ride a raft down the river after meeting a several characters. And then the game breaks up into three chapters that you can choose. Like you have to do all three of them, but you can choose the order. And this okay. is where you meet other characters to fill up your parties for the guys that have like only one character in their party. Okay. And this is where uh, you all come together with a group of like eight or nine at the end. This is the back of the of the poster, I'm guessing. Yeah. The way it's like done in the, the Yeah, it folds out to a map. Yeah. So we mm. got some maps of the world of balance and the world of ruin. So, so the before and after maps for yeah. like pre and post apocalypse here. So that's helpful. Yep. yep. All right. So the the only map with like actual like they have like 1 through 28 different locations. Um, on the world of ruin, they don't they don't spell out where if those uh, locations remain or not. So good luck with that. And we cover this game more next issue as well, right? Yeah, there's more coverage next issue. The artwork in here is really, like it's all really pretty good hand drawn, like art. Like the coverage here is interesting. Like like it definitely has like sort of a whim like a whimsical feel to it a bit. I don't know. They did a really good job with the coverage in this. So. A lot of maps, a lot of pictures, a lot of explanation. If you did have an inclination to kind of dip your toe in the Final Fantasy waters, this would be a good good place to start, I guess. <laughs> it's, <sighs> it's a great game, although like they did have like a pr couple of problems with the mechanics. Like there's a, a, a stat like magic defense, which just like even though you see the number, 
something wrong in the coating makes it all not work. So mm -hmm. like it doesn't like anything that's anything you're wearing for magic defense won't actually defend against magic or uh, evade magic attacks. So if there's like a perfect version of this game between like remakes and ports, uh, which would you recommend? There's a for people wanting to get this game. There's a patch for this game, which is on ROM hacks, which fixes <clears throat> several of the mechanics. And well, what Ben was asking is, do you want to play like the DS version? Or whatever? A, yeah, uh, is there a legitimate version you can purchase that has all the fixes in it? Um, I'm not sure if the Game Boy Advance version does have the fix in it, but I know that the ones for the iPad are completely redone. So that would, was this, that would have it fixed. Was but, this the, the Final Fantasy they're sticking on the, NES, the Super NES Classic Mini? Mm. Uh, I'll look into that. If they did two and three, then yes. All right, and then uh, the poster is on um, the flip side is Earthworm Jim, and we see a the giant. By, uh, the, by the way, have you seen the Super NES Classic they're going to be selling in in Europe? It looks like the old Famicom. Looks so awesome. Like, <laughs> oh I wish yeah, I could get that. Apparently, it's not region specific. So you, if you bought it like through like. Alibaba or something, um, or or even you can just buy the UK like the UK Amazon if you if you could. Uh, see, Final Fantasy three is on the Super NES Classic, so this game is included on that. So at least you have that going for you. Yep, Final Fantasy three. Okay, mm -hmm. I yep. thought that was the one on there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a way to play it, and you can find out if they patched it or not. That'd be comes funny out. if they didn't patch it for that. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I had to imagine they did because they patched that yeah. whole um, Star Tropics issue, where you have to read the manual to figure out the next thing. Yeah, they just include like a way to see the code for that. So. So, anyways, right. Earthburn Jam. We got the poster, and it's a nice, a creepy illustration of the evil queen with her staff coming after Earthburn Jim, and he's running away screaming. Yeah. That's about all I can say about it. All right. It's kind of got a like a colored pencil hand drawn look to it like is what I would say mm -hmm. so let's go on, ahead and on the coming soon thing is weird like I don't know it looks like they wrote a ransom note like, <clears throat> with different 90s <laughs> ah <laughs> let's use every font and color in the palette <laughs> yeah I don't know why there, because so. we have it yeah alright Ben take us home alright so thank you very much uh, Kyle Clark for joining us for the podcast. On you're over eating a burrito or something right now. He's enjoying he's it. Enjoying, he's enjoying the burrito. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> if he is, he's enjoying it. <laughs> I hope so. That's the nerdest thing. <laughs> Thank you for joining us uh, for our our lowly podcast. We appreciate it. Um, and if anyone wants to reach out to us in between episodes, of course, you can find us on facebook.com slash podcast. You can also find old issues on our website, playwithpowerpodcast.com. If you'd like to donate and keep the show running, you can donate to us on patreon.com slash playwithpower. If you'd like to reach out to Mike, you can find him on Twitter at getthepower88. And if you'd like to help us in other ways, please go on to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating good or bad all the coverage helps out uh, thanks everybody for listening mike did you have anything else anything else you want to plug sure if you uh enjoy hearing mike without jokes made about his mother you can also check out the graveyard shift <laughs> horror with sheldon and mike podcast where sheldon brown and i watch horror movies 
and do a little skit and then a review and then we talk about it and then we talk about other stuff and then the podcast is over because that's how they work. They're finite. In you know what? I'm really I'm really kind of bent about the fact that your your podcast got like a titty picture. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we got a fan who sent in. We've been picture. around for freaking like a year and a half. Not one photo. Nothing. Not even like a penis shot from a fan. <laughs> and like you within the first week, just like, here you go, I'd like a show. Boobs. Yeah, we, not bad boobs either. No, it's good. It's pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, if any of you gentlemen out there would like to uh, take off your shirts and show us your flab, <laughs> playing with power podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll take it at this point. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for the second half. I'm, I'm Ben. I'm Mike. And I'm John. And now you're playing with power. Entertainment system. Now you're playing.